this is Pastor Georgie from BoyNetUternity.com and welcome back to another study session on the book of Ezekiel. On this channel you will find Bible studies like this, strategic trends updates, prophecy updates, short biblical teachings, answers to Bible questions. So if you are new to this channel and if you have not yet subscribed, kindly subscribe and also hit the bell notification so that you won't miss any episodes or messages whenever they are uploaded. So today we are in session 32 wherein we are looking at chapter 21. So in this chapter, God is telling how Babylon is going to be used as a sword of judgment against the people of God for their continued disobedience. So verse 1 and 2, we see Jerusalem, holy places, land of Israel. See these three words are in parallel with what we saw in Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 46 where we saw the south mentioned three times. So they are in parallel referring to Judah and Jerusalem. So the judgment of God cannot be averted now. That's coming for sure. Verse 3 I will draw my sword out of his sheath and cut off both righteous and wicked from you. The sword we see that in a couple of other passages in Ezekiel. It's also referred to as fire in Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 47. So who is the sword? The sword is the instrument of God, namely Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. I'll cut off both righteous and wicked from you. The Lord have drawn my sword out of his sheath. It shall not return anymore. See all this is pointing to the third and final siege of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Sigh therefore, son of man, with a breaking heart. Breaking heart? That's the emotional distress which the prophet experiences. So it's a symbolic act to stress the bitterness of grief that is associated with the judgment of God. And it shall be when they say to you, why are you sighing? Now then you will answer because of the news when it comes behold it is coming and shall be brought to pass says the Lord God. See again pointing to that coming judgment of God through Nebuchadnezzar in 588 to 586 BC. Again the word of the Lord came son of man prophesy a sword a sword is sharpened and also polished. It despises the scepter of my son as it does all wood. And he has given it to be polished. This word is sharpened. It is polished to be given into the hand of the slayer. Who is the slayer? That's King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Cry and wail, son of man. It will be against my people. Terrors including the sword will be against my people. See, these are all symbolic acts to accompany the prophecy that is given by this prophet. Because it is a testing. And what if the sword despises even the scepter? The scepter shall be no more, says the Lord God. You therefore, son of man, prophesy and strike your hands together. The third time, let the sword do double damage. The sword that slays the great men, that enters their private chambers. Uh, ah, it is made bright, it is grasped for slaughter. Swords at the ready, set your blade. And I'll cause my fury to rest. I, the Lord, have spoken. See, in all these descriptions of the judgment that is being prophesied, God is telling, I will cause my fury to rest. Dear people of God, 
It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's what scripture says. The Lord's fury. Make sure that we don't arouse that you know, fury of God against us. The word of the Lord came to me again saying, Son of man, appoint for yourself two ways for the sword of the king of Babylon to go. Both of them shall go from the same land. Make a sign. Put it at the head of the road to the city. Appoint a road for the sword to go to Rabbah or the Ammonites and to Judah into fortified Jerusalem. See, Ammon had joined with Judah against Babylon in around 590 BC. And Nebuchadnezzar was going to destroy, destroy both of them. So Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he must choose what direction he should take and he is right now at the fork in the road southwest see he is coming coming from north so southwest it is going towards judah and jerusalem and southeast it is going to rabba amon so ezekiel's task is to put up signs to guide nebuchadnezzar for the king of babylon stands at the parting of the road at the fork of the two roads to use divination he shakes the arrows he consults the images he looks at the liver see these are all means of divination which the babylonians used namely shaking the arrows now similar to drawing straws but here the names of the places are written on the arrows and are drawn from the quiver and the second way in which they used to know the future is consulting images or teraphim and the third way is looking at the liver or hepatoscopy now when sheep livers were cut out and certain configurations and markings showed them what to do so these were all common practices in ancient babylonia in his right hand is the divination for jerusalem to set up battering rams to call for a slaughter to lift the voice with shoutings to set battering rams against the gates you know god is not approving of divination but he ordained the things in a way that Jerusalem will be Nebuchadnezzar's first choice. Remember Proverbs chapter 16 verse 33. The lot is cast, but its decision is from the Lord. See, we may do whatever things we want, but the final decision will always come from the Lord. And it will be to them like a false divination in the eyes of those who have sown oaths with them. But he will bring their iniquity to remembrance. Therefore, thus says the Lord, because you have made your iniquity to, re- to be remembered, because you have come to remembrance, you shall be taken in hand. Now to you, O profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose iniquity shall end, remove the turban and take off the crown. Nothing shall remain the same. Exalt the humble and humble the exalted. Overthrown, overthrown, I will make it overthrown. It shall be no longer. Until he comes whose right it is and I will give it to him. See, who is the prince of Israel seen in verse 25? That's King Zedekiah. Because Ezekiel never addressed Zedekiah as the king. Because he was only appointed by Nebuchadnezzar as the vassal king. So he always addressed Zedekiah as the prince. Remove the turban and take off the crown seen in verse 26. See, Zedekiah will be brought down. And there will not be any king to sit upon the throne of David until he comes we see that usage of that words until he comes that's a reference to the messianic allusion in genesis chapter 49 verse 10 when jacob gives the final prophecy about the 12 
tribes of Israel and concerning Judah he says in verse 10 the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people Shiloh in Hebrew Shiloh means he whose right it is that which belongs to him and the scepter refers to their tribal identity and the right to enforce mosaic laws and judge capital offenses so even during the 70 year babylonian captivity the people of israel they retained the system of their tribal identity and shilo that was commonly understood by rabbis and talmudic authorities as pointing to the messiah and when rome took over judea rome took away the legal power of the sanhedrin which was that common roman policy the jewish sanhedrin could not decide on capital offenses and that's the time when their that legal power was taken away from them it is recorded in history that the priests mourned in sackcloth and in ashes the babylonian talmud reads woe unto us for the scepter has departed from judah and the messiah has not come so in a way the priests were mourning the departure of the scepter but they thought the messiah should have come and when the messiah did not come as they expected they thought that the word of god failed but they did not know that a young boy was growing up in nazareth in the house of a carpenter who will present himself as the messiah on the exact day that daniel the prophet prophesied in daniel chapter 9 verse 25 and he prophesied daniel prophesied almost 500 years before jesus christ and the messiah will present himself on that same day so after zedekiah until jesus no one in the line of david ever sat on that throne and what ezekiel says is that only jesus will sit on that throne see when jesus in his first coming did he sit on that throne no where is he sitting right now after his death burial and resurrection and after his ascension the bible says that he is sitting at god's right hand waiting until his enemies are made his footstool so when is he going to sit on that throne of david again or in the fulfillment of all these prophecies in the millennium that's the time when jesus will sit on that throne of david the fulfillment of the davidic covenant so after this after this particular verse nebuchadnezzar is seen focusing his attention on ammon and you son of man prophesy and say thus says the lord god concerning the ammonites and concerning their reproach a sword a sword is drawn so the ammonites will also suffer the same fate as judah this is part of god's judgment against the ammonites when nebuchadnezzar first attacked jerusalem the ammonites thought that they were spared and after the fall of jerusalem the ammonites set up a coup causing the death of gedaliah the governor whom nebuchadnezzar had appointed and the ammonites then set up another rulership in israel who will be opposed to babylon and therefore they thought that nebuchadnezzar's attention will be focused on jerusalem again but they were wrong nebuchadnezzar destroyed ammon 5 years after he destroyed jerusalem 
because the ammonites helped ishmael in trying to snatch that rulership of judea against the will of babylon while they see false visions for you while they divine a lie to you see the ammonites had false diviners who gave them false assurances of victory and safety and we see in that verse bring you on the necks of the wicked it simply means the ammonites also will be added to the headless bodies of those killed in juda return it to its sheath and i will blow against you the fire of my wrath and deliver you into the hands of brutal men who are skillful to destroy you shall be fuel for fire you shall not be remembered for the i the lord have spoken see concerning israel israel has a future restoration in the plan of god but amon the word of god says they will not be remembered there is no future restoration for amon so as a summary from this chapter what can we learn god has a time limit in displaying his grace and when that time limit is over judgment is sure to come that's for sure there is always a time limit and it's up to us to always count the grace of god very costly and very precious do not treat the grace of god with irreverence and do not take the grace of god granted see those people they were given lots of opportunities to come back to the lord but they wasted all those opportunities they disregarded the prophecies given to them by genuine servants of god they mocked them they even persecuted those true prophets of god and now the time has come for judgment to fall and the second thing is if god judged his chosen people israel severely we the new covenant people of god ought to be very careful see the israelites not only the babylonian captivity but also look at the roman conquest of jerusalem how thousands of jewish people men women children they were killed slaughtered you know they were without food or water the siege was severe we read about all those things in history and even during the time of hitler in the 20th century the jewish people suffered like no other nation see they have suffered like no other nation in history so it's up to us if god judges them so severely we the new covenant people of god we should be very careful and that's why paul the apostle says in romans chapter 11 verses 21 and 22 for if god did not spare the natural branches he may not spare you either therefore consider the goodness and severity of god if you continue in his goodness otherwise you also will be cut off see that's the truth if we are not continuing to stay faithful to him the word of god says we may also be cut off amen so let all these studies and let our daily walk be pleasing to the lord each day let us consecrate our lives all the more let us rededicate our lives all the more and let's ask the lord to help us live a life that is pleasing before him every day and may the lord help us to do that so read through the next few chapters read through this chapter again 
and let all these studies be a blessing so that we can draw close to god and we can walk close to him amen god bless you